What's up guys, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode of the PT Coffee Cast, I just wanted to touch base with you and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been rocking with us since day one, we appreciate your support. Every like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever it is, truly does mean the world to us and it continues to push us to put out the best possible content for you guys. Before we hop in, I just want to talk to you about our partnership with Physio Network. Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide. They do this through their research reviews. If you sign up, you'll get 12 research reviews per month in both written and audio form. Articles are selected and appraised by industry experts such as Sandy Hilton, Mary O'Keefe, Tom Goom. Um, former PT Coffee Cast guests such as Teddy Wilsey, Sam Spinelli, Jared Hall, Tom Walters, and plenty more. They're clinically relevant and recently published, and they take less than five minutes to read one review, saving you hours of work. This also solves that problem that we all struggle with. How do we stay up to date with the research? Physio Network has you covered. They also give you access to a members-only Facebook group, and you can do quizzes that will get you CEU points. They got it all. If you guys are interested in trying out Physio Network, you can start your seven-day free trial now by using the link in the show notes or our bio on Instagram. This will give you the option to play around, see what you like. Do you like listening? Do you like reading? And just seeing the amazing content that they give you guys, and then you will join because Physio Network is amazing. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have signed up for Physio Network, please let us know how your experience has gone. We'd love to hear, and we can pass on that information to them. Also, we are super pumped to finally announce the release of the Movement Coffee Club. What is this, you ask? This is a way that you guys can continue to connect and support the PT Coffee Cast community. So we have three clubs available for you guys. We have the Espresso Club, which each month you will get a personal message from Will and myself thanking you for the support the second club we have is the cafe club where you get everything in the espresso club as well as a shout out on an episode put on the list of the coffee club supporters and a bonus episode each month and then lastly we have our favorite club the mug club you get everything in the first two clubs as well as a pt coffee cast mug a monthly coffee subscription of our own coffee blend and a monthly mug club zoom call the reason why we put this club out is we want to continue to develop ways that we can connect with you guys the community as well as have an opportunity for you to support us, um, show us some love, and allow for us to continue to develop and put out the best possible content. You guys can support us for as little as $3 a month. This money is going to go directly back into the podcast for new things like audio equipment, video equipment for better video content, merch, coffee, everything's going to go back into the PT Coffee Cast so we can continue to provide you guys with some pretty cool opportunities. If you're interested in supporting us, you can check the link in our bio on Instagram at the PT Coffee Cast or at the Movement PTs and click the Coffee Club as well as in our show notes of each episode, we'll have a link there for you to head over and join. Guys, thank you so much for the continued support and we hope that you enjoy this episode of the PT Coffee Cast. Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's up? 
What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name's Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? Doing good. I'm sort of at the uh... <laughs> the end of your coffee. <laughs> me too, bro. <laughs> the PT just finishing your coffee cast. I know. You know you're like hyped up for an episode when you're like halfway through the through the coffee before we've even hit record. Yeah, I always find myself during our podcast, like I go to drink a cup of co- like a sip of coffee and there's none in there. And I'm like, what? You just like <laughs> fake sip. Yeah. So our guests think we're still sipping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, welcome back. Um, we, we missed you last week. We are transitioning into what this series is as you guys tune in now. Um, so if you guys did check out the episode we recommended, um, which was... Our episode with I'm drawing a blank on who it was that I put out. It's too much coffee. Like last? Yeah, I put out Eves. No, yeah. So Eves wrapped up our business series, but I had posted one about a rebrew. I called it, and I'm literally drawing a blank on who I posted it with. Oh, Todd Hargrove. Thank you, Todd Hargrove. (laughs) Yes, shout out Todd Hargrove. So I put his episode out because that was one of our favorite episodes that we had done um, in the past. So if you guys recheck that out, um, let us know what you think. But we will transition into our new series here. So um, in Canada, um, the, the national exam that our, all physio students are required to take in order to become registered physiotherapists, um, there's been a little bit of, let's say, controversy with it, um, especially recently with constant like kind of cancellations and all that stuff. So we wanted to transition into, um, a, we'll call it the PCE series, um, kind of just having our thoughts on this exam, um, talking to some other people that are going through the current situation and how it's impacting them. And then hopefully um, talking to someone uh, up in a higher level um, to continue to just get answers and create a conversation around this this topic. Um, if you guys have been following the PT Coffee Cast for a while now, um, Will and I have spoken on this before, I think it's got to be close to like a year and a half ago, maybe right close to around when we were doing the exam. Um, we sat down and did a podcast, um, talking about some of our thoughts on the exam and, and our feelings towards it. And now we're kind of seeing this resurface again, um, in this current situation. So we, we wanted to hop in and, and just give our take on it, give our thoughts, stir up some conversation um, because most importantly, like this podcast is um, something that we want to continue to advocate for students, new grads and clinicians. So we felt that, you know, it would be something that would be important to, to speak on. Um, So I think what we'll do to like start it off is maybe just lay out some context around like what the exam situation looks like for physios here in Canada, just, just in case you guys are tuning in and you don't know what that is or what that looks like talk about kind of what's happening right now in the current situation, and then just dive into some of our thoughts more, more around the exam itself and whether we think it's a represent, good representation of clinical practice. We don't have the knowledge and the understanding necessarily of how to make these policy changes, and we're not claiming to have any of that knowledge, um, but we do have um, the experience of taking the exam, now being in clinical p- practice for the last going on three years, to kind of comment on the exam itself. So that's what this episode's going to be about. Um, so maybe I'll have you just lay out what the exam process looks like for PTs here in Canada. Yeah, so basically uh, the way that it works for physiotherapists in 
uh, or students in Canada is after they complete their uh, sort of schooling, they'll first take a written exam. And that's kind of actually like at the end of uh, the schooling after the two years yeah. of the master's program. And you'll take a written test. And then once you pass that written exam, you're qualified to be what they call a physiotherapy resident, which basically means you can see clients, you can work, but you have to have a supervisor and you have certain restrictions in terms of what you can and can't do. But for the most part, it's like you're a physiotherapist. Uh, and you do that for a few months while you're studying for the practical exam. And then the practical exam has uh, several stations. They're like 10, 15 minutes. And it's supposed to kind of evaluate your clinical skills and safety. Um, and if you pass that exam, you're good. You're a physio. You can keep going. If you fail, you can no longer work as a physio, you have to take it again and you take it again in a few months. Right. And so, yeah, that's, that, that's like the general premise of it. Um, so like, yeah, essentially you can do the written exam and then you can go and practice as a physio with the title of physio resident, which lasts for, I don't want to, don't quote me on the actual time, but basically it, it's supposed to be set up so you can practice as a physio resident while you're studying for the, the practical exam um, and then it does run out after a certain period of time. Let's say you don't take the exam right away. Eventually you can't just, you can't just continue to practice as a physio resident. It eventually run, runs out and then you would have to do your practical exam. Um, so essentially what's happened this year, what's created some controversy and, and like obviously considering the pandemic and everything that's gone on. The exams, the original dates of the exam, the practical exams have been pushed back. And so essentially they just have, they keep canceling the exams on the students. Um, and then they said, okay, well, we're going to switch it to virtual and have them do it virtually. And then apparently in basically in the middle of the exam, this whole virtual um, platform failed and they canceled this, this virtual exam that everyone was supposed to be taking. Um, and this was what just recently happened, which kind of created the bigger conversation around, um, what's going on, what, you know, should this exam, you know, exist or is it a good representation of clinical practice? And it, it kind of led to more conversation around it. Um, obviously because the current physio residents are extremely frustrated with the fact that they're still trying to, you know, finish off this process and move into clinical practice. Um, and they can't because this exam keeps getting delayed. And early on it made sense because it was literally, I think when they were supposed to do the first test was right when the pandemic had started essentially. And so obviously they had moved it for all the, the, the right reasons. But I think the issue now is that it keeps getting pushed back and they say that they have solutions, but then the solutions don't work. And here some of these students are close, moving closer to like a year after all this process got started and they're still not classified. They're still classified as physio residents and still haven't been able to finish off the process of becoming a registered physiotherapist. That's kind of the situation. Right. And we're going to be talking with people who are in that situation to give more context in terms of like even even deeper 
into what they're actually dealing with. Right. And what we kind of wanted to come in and speak on is just like our thoughts around the actual exam and how, you know, we think that the exam does not do a good job of representing clinical practice and is not a good way of evaluating it. And the process of itself is, is a little bit backwards. Um, and so we're going to lay out like three kind of talking points that, that we kind of think um, shows that the exam has some flaws um, and why we don't think it is a representation of clinical practice. So I'm going to have Will kind of start to lay those out and we'll just chat a little bit about them. Yes, I think the first one is just the content itself. So, you know, is the content that's on the exam uh, useful in terms of showing you that you are ready to be a physio? And I would argue that it's not. Uh, One of the biggest things that we got when we were going through school, and it happened so many times, and it was really frustrating when you're a student, because we would get this idea of you need to know this for the exam you need to forget it after you finish the exam yeah and it's this information that is like so universally understood that it's outdated and it does not represent uh the actual reality of uh clinical practice you know both in the content in terms of like the actual information that they're testing you on, but also like just the way that you're assessed on it during the exam. That's not really indicative of how you interact with clients um, in person when you're an actual physio. Mm-hmm. For example, you never have a 10 minute clock yeah. where you need to, get all the information that you need. And I think in reality, those things come up throughout the process. Sometimes you don't get all the information day one. Sometimes you get it day two. Sometimes you ask your colleagues. Sometimes you tell the client you don't know this information yet, but you will look into it. And that's like, that is, or you, you go and you research like in between or, when you see the intake, like there's so much more that uh, is done that you cannot possibly evaluate that in a station like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I've always felt is just like content wise, the things that are on the exam and being tested aren't reflective of the reality of clinical practice. And so shouldn't be tested like that's that's first i don't know did i miss anything in that no i think think? that i I agree with i agree with that and i mean you know maybe there's i'm trying to think of like what another example would be of like something that would come up that could be just like an example of how outdated it is you know like for example like you know setting up an ultrasound machine yeah and like the parameters and like how you would use it and all that stuff. Not to say that people don't necessarily use ultrasound still in clinical practice, but you know, that's not necessarily evaluating like your competency as a physio. Like it's taking one tool and having you try to memorize a set of parameters that realistically, if you were using ultrasound in a clinical setting, you could just look it up as to like what you would use if you don't know it. 
right? So why that is like something that is evaluated is, is doesn't make sense to me. Um, and we even know based off like best evidence that like there's not a lot of support to even show that ultrasound is like that beneficial for, for practice. So like looking at both sides of those things, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. And that's just the one that always comes to my mind first when I think about it, like thinking about studying for the exam, right? Um, I'm sure there's other examples of where the out, kind of the outdated information that we're being evaluated on um, doesn't line up with current like clinical practice. Yeah, the actual information itself is like not evidence-based and then you're being tested on it in a scenario that's high anxiety and so it's not how much you know it's like how much can you remember in the anxiety of the situation right right which again reminding everyone that it's like if you fail this exam you don't you lose your job and you that you've already been working for x amount of months and then you have to retake the whole exam, which is also a pretty hefty cost. So like, again, adding these extra like stressors into the situation just creates this, again, like false environment that doesn't necessarily reflect like clinical practice, in my opinion. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that the test actually does do is it just, it evaluates your ability to like take a operate under stress and, and take, take the and test. Take a test yeah. that we're you know we've been groomed to to take in in school because that's a big part of what our schooling is. It's like obviously to prepare us to take this exam, um, but then you hear people in school tell teachers and instructors tell you like, hey, this is what you need to know for the exam, but not really what we do in clinical practice. And I could I could bet you that. A high majority of students in in Ontario, for sure, that are in physiotherapy school here, have heard that line before. Um, oh yeah, that's ringing a bell for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe let's transition into into the second point. Yeah. So the second point has to do uh, more so with what people say that the exam is intended to do, which is evaluate like whether you're safe. Right, like whether you understand safety things, uh, but I would argue that that's already assessed. So, like, physio school is rigorous, yeah, incredibly difficult. Like, just in fact, in terms of how much work you're doing in those two years, and it includes several uh, supervised clinical placements. Like, I think. Well, we have five or six. Yeah, man, my brain keeps slipping yeah. <laughs> on how many we have. I think we have like five, six-week placements is yeah. what we had over the course of our our physio um, school career. So five placements, so five opportunities to in different In different settings, right? Different so like settings. the other thing is like this is not just an MSK. Like obviously that's where we work. But, mm -hmm. you know, we have to do a, a acute care. We have to do neuro. We have to do... Um, MSK, so we have to hit all the 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 areas of physio, and then a lot of practical based assessments. Yeah, so essentially many, not many, but a set. Yeah, many versions of this this practical national exam we would do every semester um, of physio school in every kind of cl class that we were 
evaluated in from like, again, from those each categories like cardio rest, neuro, um, MSK, etc. And then you take a written test that again has the opportunity to ask you safety questions. Hmm. You know, red flags. Uh, what should you do when you finish working with a client to ensure that they're safe? Like all those things can be asked on the written test. And there were people that didn't make it through all that because it's rigorous. It's tough. And we're talking about our actual program, like our physio school program, like has all that in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're accredited university. Um, People do fail out of school and don't make it through that process to even get to take the national exam, which is again, evaluating safety um, and evaluating clinical skills and evaluating all those things that we're, supposed to have as practicing clinicians right um and you're right people do fail out of, of that i guess a cut like a cherry on top of all that is like it's so hard to get into physio school to begin with mm-hmm. like the process of getting in like you need insanely high grades yeah right like it's and you need volunteering experience like you have to have a good written piece you have to interview like there's a huge process to just get in to right. begin with. And then you make it through all of that. And I feel like that means you're ready well, to at least and And for start. sure. And I think that's a big, one of our biggest gripes with the, the national like practical exam is that, and even the written exam, but more focusing on the practical exam, it's like we just went through two years of this being heavily evaluated on all of those things that this practical exam's claiming to evaluate us on by professors in an accredited university. We spend six, five, six week placements in clinical practice in the actual scenarios that represent clinical practice under the supervision, obviously, of a clinical instructor. But we're out there on our own, seeing people, being evaluated on safety, communication, clinical thinking, all of those things that we need to be able to do in practice. And if you're deemed competent in being able to do those things and you've passed all of your, your exams, you've passed all your clinical placements, um, that should be a representation of your competency, in my opinion. And... There are people that don't make it out of that because they're not representing comp- or not displaying competency in those areas that we need to see as clinicians, right? That's where like my biggest gripe comes with it, right? Because then yeah. now the next step is to go take this like this nas- this national exam where we're doing a written exam that is essentially doing the same thing. Uh, it's like asking us questions about all of the stuff that we just learned. And then now this practical exam, which is then just reevaluating everything that we've already just proved competent in. Yeah. It's like, how many ways do you need to test the same thing? Right. But then, so then the last kind of thing is the actual way that that test is, like the process of actually going through that test, right? Because number one, this test costs $2,000. Yeah, probably more now, but yeah. yeah. Maybe. But yes, it does cost a lot of money. Like, that's $2,000 after you've just paid through an entire master's degree. Mm-hmm. And and you're not working right now. Like, before. Like, you might maybe have started a month 
by the time you pay mm-hmm. for the exam. So $2,000, just another uh, huge expense for a new graduate who is not making a lot of money. Right. Like, just straight up. Yeah. Not making a lot of money. That's a tough position to be in. Yeah. And I think, in my opinion, that sense, it's like, if it was something that was evaluating competency and was, like, actually legit, then it's... I can understand that, like it being part of the process, but I think the big reason is that it's it's just not. It's not, and that adds to the yeah. fact that it's that expensive, and you're coming out of school, and this is what you're dealing with. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I don't think there's really a way to make it a valid uh, evaluation. Yeah, yeah. It, I would ag- I would agree. Like considering the fact that we've just like we just talked about, we've already done all that stuff in school. Yeah. And I think the layer on top of it is just the way that it's set up is that, you know, you're practicing as a physio resident, right? With a title physio resident, which just essentially means you're a physio. Like when I was a physio resident, I was seeing people one-on-one. It was all, it was on me. The only thing was, is that my supervisor was responsible for me, right? So you, you know, that's something that once, once you are not a physio resident anymore, it's now you, Right. However, that doesn't necessarily change how you interact with a client or how you're practicing. Like I was practicing then as how I would be practicing now. And so you do that for however many months that's slipping my mind, the actual number, but it's a decent amount of months, right? I think if I remember, we did our exam in like November and I don't think we found out whether we passed the exam till February and we started working in like September. So we were working from September to February, technically as physios, right? one-on-one, no supervision, doing everything that a physio does. And then hypothetically, if we would have failed the exam, we wouldn't have been able to continue to practice um, and we would have been deemed incompetent. Meanwhile, we had been practicing all the way through and not having any, not having issues, not showing that we're not competent. And I'm sure that there's evidence to support the fact that like physio residents aren't being, like, aren't being complained about or you know, showing that they're doing a bad job, right? Or else that would be something that would be popping up. Like, I don't think that that is something that is happening. If it is, correct me if I'm wrong, for sure. But I don't think that it is. And that in itself is just crazy to me. It's like, you're practicing already. And now you're going to tell me that I'm not competent. Meanwhile, I've just been doing that for, you know, however many months it is. And I think that's, it's just backwards in my my mind. And it just builds up like, your anxiety is so high studying for the exam, which, by the way, you're doing on top of being a full-time clinician because you need to make money to support all your expenses. Right. You've just been in school for two years. Now you're trying to be independent, and you got to make money so you're working, and then you're studying on top of that. And if you fail, there goes your income. Which, the worst part, go ahead, sorry. And then you have to pay for another exam. Right. You have to pay for another exam. And then you're failing this exam that is not representative practice, that really doesn't do a good job of, of evaluating your competency. And then they're telling you that you can't work. Like, that so, just doesn't make sense. Perfect me. storm yeah. for creating anxiety. And I think what has been brought into the forefront in the current situation is the fact that these students are now like the good thing that the college or did was they allowed to extend out the use of a physio resident, right? 
there's people that have been working for a year as a physio resident still waiting to take their exam. So now you're going to tell me that they're going to go and do a virtual version of this. Let's put that into play. <laughs> a virtual version of this. And if they don't pass that exam, they're not competent to practice. Meanwhile, they've been treating for a year. Yeah. It just enhances the, the situation of how it's just not, it just doesn't make any sense. And some people will fail it. And some people would fail it. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's even harder for you to pass that far out because again, the exam is not evaluating you on competency and what you actually do in clinical practice. It's not a good representation. So you're now out practicing in a clinical setting, whether it be in a hospital or be in a clinic, in the way in which is evidence-based and how we are evolving as a, as a profession. But now you're gonna try and evaluate me back towards like these things that I memorized in school. Good luck. Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy, man. <laughs> like that would be a hard situation to be put in, you know? So the culmination of that is that we feel current residents should be given their physiotherapy yeah. status. Yeah. I think in this circumstance, like they should be granted a reg as a registered physiotherapist, like, um, They've already been working. Get them out. Get them moving forward. Let them go and, you know, get mentored and learn how to evolve their clinical practice based off like evidence-based stuff that's going on right now, whether that be in a hospital or whether that be here in a, in a clinic. Um, and then taking a look at the exam process. And I think, again, now more than ever, it's showing that there needs to be a change with this. Um, so, you know, I think everyone's always talking about like complaining and offering solutions. Like in my opinion, that, that the solution is to grant them forward as physios and then really take a hard look at this exam. And I think that the exam should not, should not exist. Um, I think again, based off everything we just touched on, um, we're we should be deemed competent if we're able to complete all of those things that we're supposed to do in physio school. And we've talked about this before and I think we could wrap up here is that we have spoken about this a, a lot, like coming through the PT Coffee Cast and going into practices that we were actually we actually would say that the exam was holding back our ability to move forward as a profession because this exam is based on outdated um, evidence and outdated practices that our physio schools are forced being forced to teach us these things in order to pass the exam, which obviously we're grateful for because we need to pass the exam to then be able to go practice. But because the exam's outdated and they have to teach us the information to pass the exam, our actual learning experience within physio school is hindered because we're not able to spend time on things that we're starting to realize is extremely important in practice, like communication, like cl critical thinking skills, you know, like exercise, progression, regression, whatever, all of that stuff, you know, is limited because a lot of time is spent grooming us to pass this exam. And, and I mm. still think that that is the case um, and until yeah. we always said until the exam changed physio school was not necessarily going to be able to move forward at the um, the capacity that it could be like I think we were seeing changes in like understanding pain and understanding communication mm -hmm. but it was so minute because we had a whole clinical block on how to apply ice heat and ultrasound I was just gonna say that and that's not a joke like that is true like just Let's just actually think about this. Step one, put the hot pack on somebody. Step two, make sure it doesn't burn them. 
Yeah, yeah. No, and and we and we joke about it, but it's it's true, right? And that's exactly what I mean by the exam holding back the, the schooling yeah. from going to the next level. And I think that's mm-hmm. even a bigger problem in general, right? So I think that's like kind of brings it all together as to you know kind of like our thoughts on it. Um, and I just hope that we can continue to have conversations with people. Like that was the reason why we wanted to get into this series was like, you know, we are obviously, you know, put our voices out in, in the, in the world through the podcast, through our content. We've been huge advocates for students and new grads. And like, we really want to continue to have those, you know, connections and build that community. So, you know, this is an important topic to continue to speak on, to, to help represent them. Um, so, you know, being able to talk about it and then connect with other people who can continue to create these conversations is, is like our main goal with this to come to a solution that is going to be the best for our profession. I think that's the most important thing. Like what is going to mm. allow for our profession to continue to grow and succeed and help as many people as you and I believe that we can help if we continue to evolve. And I think this exam is one thing that is holding us back from doing that. There's physio residents out there right now doing awesome stuff. Yeah. And we see it, you know, and we just want them to be able to move forward. Right. Cool. So we'll wrap that up there, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We are going to have a couple episodes coming out um, around this. So obviously your feedback is important to us. So let us know, you know, what you think, you know, whether like, do you agree? Do you disagree? What's your thoughts? Let's get this conversation going. Like, you know, post some thoughts on Instagram, wherever, send us a DM. Um, Let's continue to kind of create this conversation. And again, ultimately for moving the profession forward. Um, So if you guys want to follow us, make sure you're following us at the PT Coffee Cast or at the Movement PTs. Uh, Make sure you guys are subscribed to PT Coffee Cast on all your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Um, And then again, guys, if you take any value away from this episode, please um, share it with one other person. And then lastly, we're going to throw a couple links in the show notes where you can go and support um, a petition that's that's being put out to help remove this exam or help move this process forward. There's going to be a couple other um, links there where you can go learn more about this situation um, to continue to advocate for, for all the physio residents and students. All right, guys, stay coffee infused. Before you guys head out, we want to take a moment to tell you about the Movement Coffee Club. So the Movement Coffee Club is a new way that you guys can continue to be supportive of the PT Coffee Cast as well as be ingrained into the community. So we have three clubs for you. We have the Espresso Club, which if you join that club, you will get one message from me and Will a month saying thank you for all of your support. The second club is our Cafe Club. Here you'll get everything in the first club as well as a shout out on the show, put on a list of Coffee Club supporters, and you'll get one bonus episode from us a month that no one else is going to get. Lastly, our favorite club, the Mug Club. In this club, you're going to get everything in the Espresso Club, everything in the Cafe Club, as well as a PT Coffee Cast mug, a monthly PT Coffee Cast coffee subscription to our official blend, and a monthly Mug Club Zoom call. So if you guys ever wanted to support the PT Coffee Cast, show us some love. Say thank you for all of the things that we've done. We'd love for you guys to do it this way. It just helps us continue to grow, put out better content, have more amazing conversations with hype guests like the one that you're listening to right now, and allows us to level up our content. So you can join the Coffee Club by checking the link in the show notes or the link in our bio 
on Instagram. Thanks for tuning into this episode, and we look forward to keeping you guys coffee infused.